This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about congestive heart failure. We'll be right back after these messages. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. With us now is Dr. Garrett Packinger, who's a fellow emergency critical care specialist at the Veterinary Specialty Emergency Center. Dr. Packinger, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for having me on. So I wanted to talk to you about a common emergency that we end up seeing. And I know that this is actually a problem in human medicine, but it's the diagnosis of congestive heart failure. I know you see these critically ill cats and dogs that come in with difficulty breathing and was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what is congestive heart failure and what exactly it means. Absolutely. And I would completely agree with you. The same problem happens in human medicine. So we have a patient or in human medicine, a person that comes into the ER with breathing difficulty. And one of the quickest things we need to decide is, is this congestive heart failure truly a heart problem or is this a primary respiratory problem? And on today's session here, we're going to really focus on the heart being a problem itself. And if your pet gets diagnosed with congestive heart failure, we will go into some common clinical signs later. But Breathing changes happen to be one of the biggest abnormalities that you will notice in your pet. And because the reason is congestive heart failure ends up resulting with fluid in the lungs. And the reason that happens, if we just take a step back for one minute, is that congestive heart failure is just a general term that refers to the heart's inability to pump adequate blood to the body. There are many different problems that can lead to congestive heart failure, but we're really going to focus today on the most common cause being a valve problem. And this is usually common in smaller breed dogs, for example, Yorkshire Terriers or Little Poodles as compared to, for example, a Labrador or a Great Dane, but a valve problem specifically on the left side of the heart called the mitral valve. And the mitral valve is one of the two major valves of the heart. And this is on the left side of the heart where we can see over time degeneration of that valve, fibrosis or a thickening of that valve, and ultimately a word such as insufficiency or a leaky valve where as the heart contracts, that valve does not close as it should. 
blood pumps backwards accidentally, and we end up with blood flowing and fluid flowing into the lungs instead of to the rest of the body. Now, there are other causes of congestive heart failure. I made a mention of smaller breed dogs versus larger breed dogs. Again, smaller breed dogs often have a valve degeneration, the mitral valve, but there are other heart conditions that can lead to congestive heart failure, ranging from other valves being a problem or even muscle wall abnormalities, such as what we call dilated cardiomyopathy or DCM, where the muscle of the heart becomes thin, it is not as strong, it is weaker, and it can't pump blood effectively remembering that one of the primary definitions of congestive heart failure is the heart's inability to pump adequate blood to the body. It can be from that leaky valve or it can be from the heart muscle just not working as it should. So is this the same thing as a heart attack like we hear about in people? That's a great question and it's a really common one because unfortunately heart attacks and heart disease, it's a very common problem that we see in people and unfortunately it's also glorified on social media, glorified on TV, glorified in the movies. But in humans, a heart attack typically refers to MI or a myocardial infarction and a myocardial infarction refers to the death of the cells of the heart muscle or the myocardium which is the heart muscle itself. And we can see cell death due to oxygen deprivation, uh, often from coronary blood vessels that become obstructed. You know, we think of things like high cholesterol and other abnormalities in people. But this really heart attacks is a very uncommon and unexpected abnormality that we see in dogs. Remembering that in dogs, we're mostly talking about a heart valve problem or a heart muscle problem. And in cats, just the same. They're more of a heart muscle problem as well as compared to a heart valve problem. But remembering that in a true heart attack in people, is myocardial infarction. That's not something that we commonly expect to happen in pets. And if your veterinarian tells you that your dog is in congestive heart failure, this does not mean a heart attack or another word would be a stroke, for example. This is typically a very different condition in dogs and cats as compared to people. So what if my dog or cat was just diagnosed with a heart murmur? Is there anything that a pet owner can do to prevent them from developing congestive heart failure? That's a great question. And so if we take a step back and say, how was my dog or cat diagnosed with a heart murmur? Typically what you see your veterinarian do during examination is they use their stethoscope. And the big fancy medical term is a sculpt, or what it really means is they're listening to the heart and lungs. And it is something where we typically diagnose a heart murmur just by those simple tools, just by listening with your stethoscope. With that said, just because your dog or cat has a heart murmur or develops a heart murmur does not mean they will definitely end up in congestive heart failure. With that said, it is something where if your dog or cat is diagnosed with a heart murmur, there are a couple of things that your veterinarian will probably discuss with you. One is what's called the grade or the strength of the heart murmur. Not every heart murmur is created equally. Many veterinarians will use a scale, one being very, very hard to hear the heart murmur and therefore likely insignificant, up to potentially a five or six scale of the heart murmur, which is the most severe, which is a very, very loud heart murmur. There are many factors that go into the concern level that go into determining if there is a heart murmur and what that means. For example, just like in human pediatrics, if a baby is born with a heart murmur, that may be something that closes or resolves over time. 
or it may be something that can indicate there is more to be found, more to be concerned about. This is something where in older dogs, we see a heart murmur develop over time, remembering that this is something where it's often from a thickening or a leaky of a valve. So what we do in those cases, again, is decide severity, location, and of course, the age that goes into this. What your veterinarian may decide is, let's watch and wait. Why don't you come back in for a recheck in a certain period of time, a couple of months, for example, and see if the murmur is changing and how loud it is, the location of it, the character of it. Or they may recommend that you see a veterinary cardiologist. Just as Justine talked about in the beginning of this session today, Justine and I are both critical care specialists, emergency and critical care. Well, just like we're specialists in the ER, there are also veterinary cardiologists. And so what your veterinarian may recommend is, just to be safe, seeing a veterinary cardiologist. What that veterinary cardiologist will do is use a special ultrasound machine to get an ultrasound of the heart. The ultrasound of the heart has a fancy medical term, a fancy medical name called an echocardiogram. Echocardiogram, again, a fancy name for just ultrasounding the heart. What the cardiologists will do is they will look at the heart with the ultrasound. They'll look at the heart muscle. They'll look at the heart valves. They can even measure the blood flow through the valves as the heart pumps back and forth. And what the cardiologist can then do is tell you why the murmur is present, two, how concerned they are about the murmur being present, and number three, if medications are needed. With that said, again, just to emphasize, just because your dog or cat has a heart murmur does not mean that it will get worse, and it also does not mean that your dog or cat will ultimately go into congestive heart failure. It just indicates there is some abnormality with the heart valve or heart muscle that your veterinarian will likely want to readdress and reevaluate at some period of time. So the heart medications that we often put dogs and cats on, such as fluid medication or what we call diuretics like furosemide or ACE inhibitors, drugs like enalapril or benazapril, do they actually cure the heart disease or are they preventing heart disease from getting worse? That's a great question. And ultimately what I tell my patients and my families are the heart disease that's present is unlikely to be something that we can, in quotes, cure. Typically, this is something just like in people, they go on medications to manage. So if there is excessive fluid, we can try to remove some of that fluid with the diuretics you mentioned. ACE inhibitors, just like people get ACE inhibitors, can be used also to change some pressures in and around the heart. The goal eventually is to reduce the stress of the heart rather than cure the heart. Currently in the veterinary world, we're really not doing advanced things like valve replacements, for example, or cardiac bypass, for example, and certainly not transplants. And so ultimately, if the pet, if the patient needs medications, the goals are to reduce the stress and the strain of the heart rather than this being a cure for the problem. Let's take a short break and we'll continue right after these messages from our sponsors. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I've been talking with Dr. Garrett Packinger about congestive heart failure. And what we've been talking about is how we're going to treat it and what signs we're going to look for. So Dr. Pachtinger, again, do you mind just going over some of the signs that pet owners should look for in their dog and cat that may mimic underlying congestive heart failure? Absolutely. And a great question because these are the things as a pet owner that you're going to watch for at home. In the previous segment, We talked about what your veterinarian may tell you, the grade of the murmur, how loud it is, and how to be concerned. But remembering that not all dogs that have a heart murmur will ever get to heart failure, what are you going to be looking for at home to see if there's evidence of true failure rather than just an incidental or asymptomatic murmur? And the most common clinical sign that you want to watch your dog or cat for if they have a history of a murmur or concern for congestive heart failure are breathing changes. That may also include coughing, for example, but coughing and breathing changes are going to be often due to pulmonary edema in the lungs. And pulmonary edema is a big fancy medical term for fluid accumulation in the lungs. Pulmonary is a word for the lungs. Edema is another word for fluid. So pulmonary edema. Now that's different from another fancy term I'm going to throw out to you called pleural effusion. And pleural effusion is a big fancy medical term for fluid around the lungs. And so the difference between the two is a good analogy I like to give families. Pulmonary edema or accumulation of fluid in the lungs, if you imagine putting a kitchen sink sponge underneath the faucet and it gets all full of water. Well, pulmonary edema, fluid in the lungs, is kind of like a wet and soggy kitchen sink sponge. You can't really drain a kitchen sink sponge. You can try to wring it out, but All joking aside, you can't really wring out the lungs, and that's the reason that you can't just stick a needle into the chest, for example, and drain fluid from the lungs. As Dr. Justine was mentioning earlier, that's why we use fluid medications, diuretics, for example, to help draw fluid out of the lungs. So they often develop, again, coughing and difficulty breathing from that fluid, the pulmonary edema entering the lungs, and therefore they have a much more difficult, much more challenging time breathing. Another reason they can come in with a concern for coughing is as their heart disease worsens, as the valves worsen or as the heart muscle weakens, what happens is the heart becomes enlarged. And within the big barrel, the big chest cavity space, if the heart becomes enlarged, it's going to push against the trachea, another word for the windpipe, causing irritation. And that can also induce a cough. Other signs of dogs or cats in congestive heart failure would be fatigue or exercise intolerance, where they once were able to run a 5K with you or run around the backyard for half an hour. They tire out more easily and with and with decreased activity compared to before, they can actually start panting or breathing faster than normal or with more effort. One of the biggest things we tell families is to watch their coughing signs and breathing signs when they're at rest or sleeping, especially at night. So if you notice what we call their respiratory, their sleeping respiratory rate go up. So they once were breathing at 15 breaths per minute when they were sleeping and now it's 20 or 25. 
watch that as well. So if they're sleeping, respiratory rate increases. That could be a concern for breathing changes or fluid in the lungs. And so as a summary for what signs to expect, coughing, breathing faster or with more effort than normal, fatigue or exercise intolerance when they're running around, an increase in their breathing rate or effort while they're sleeping, excessive panting at times you would not expect, or even other more vague clinical signs like a loss of appetite, vomiting, diarrhea, or even if their belly, their abdomen gets more swollen or distended as compared to before. These could all be signs of a dog or cat with congestive heart failure. Now, I know it's oftentimes a little bit hard to count the number of breaths your dog or cat may be taking at home. So my little shortcut is to get a stopwatch or use your smartphone timer and count how many breaths you notice in a 15-second period, multiply it by four, and in general, if your cat or your dog are breathing faster than 60 breaths per minute and they look like they're having some difficulty, that warrants a trip to the animal ER. And again, it's because we want to make sure that we can catch it early before too much fluid develops in the lung. So again, if you're nervous, your dog or cat was just diagnosed with a heart murmur, you don't need to neurotically monitor their respiratory rate. But again, if you notice they start showing signs of hiding, exercise intolerance, breathing a little bit harder, coughing more, again, definitely worth counting that respiratory rate and calling your veterinarian or the veterinary cardiologist. Now, Dr. Pachtinger, what are some general treatment strategies that we're going to use if a dog or cat comes into the ER with difficulty breathing secondary to congestive heart failure? That's a great question. And usually what I do is I break this down into two different segments. So if I have a pet that comes in and I'm concerned they're in congestive heart failure, as we mentioned earlier, one of the first things I do in the ER is I start treating them with simple things. So we will give them what we call flow by oxygen. Flow by oxygen is a simple oxygen hose that goes right up to their nose or mouth so they get extra oxygen to decrease their discomfort. While we're giving them some initial therapy, we mentioned earlier, I start escalting them or listening to their heart and lungs with my stethoscope. One of the classic things that we are going to hear or see aside from their breathing rate and effort being increased is potentially a heart murmur. And also you will hear crackly noises in their lungs. Now, this is not something that I expect pet owners to do at home because it is a challenge for the untrained veterinary professional, but your veterinary team, the veterinarian and veterinary nurse will listen with a stethoscope. And if they hear crackles in the lungs and they hear a heart murmur, what they'll often do is start treating with a diuretic. And we mentioned this is sort of like a water pill earlier. One of the common drugs that you may get prescribed or hear your veterinarian say is furosemide. And the goal of using furosemide as an injectable as well as an oral medication is to draw fluid out of the lungs. Because as we mentioned earlier, you can't really stick a needle into the lungs and drain them just like you wouldn't be able to drain a kitchen sink sponge with a needle or by cutting it with a knife as an example. So the fluid is removed by physiologic mechanisms, big fancy term, but it's how it works with the water pill, the diuretic called furosemide that we give. And then I typically put my patient, my pet in the oxygen cage, it's like an oxygen tent and give them some time for the stress to calm down, 
for the injection to work and them to breathe a little bit more comfortably. So that's my initial start. While that is all underway, then I talk to the family about what's going on in a little bit more detail because ultimately, I am not a cardiologist nor is Dr. Lee. Our goal is to stabilize as we gather more safe information. So I talk to the pet family a little bit more. I let them know my concerns. Yes, your dog or cat is of the age and breed characteristic where heart failure is a concern. I listen to their heart with my stethoscope. I do hear a murmur. I listen to the lungs. There are crackly noises. All of this is somewhat subjective. It's my thoughts, my feelings, my concerns. But then we have to talk about how to prove that we truly are in congestive heart failure more than just my subjective thoughts, feelings, and concerns. The primary way we do that in the emergency room is with the use of chest x-rays. So chest x-rays are used to evaluate the size and the shape of the heart, as well as to look for lung changes, such as the presence of fluid, that pulmonary edema that we talked about, or even pleural effusion. That's one difference between cats and dogs that we often see. While dogs develop fluid in the lungs, that pleural effusion, cats can do silly things like put fluid around the lungs, pleural effusion, as well as in the lungs, pulmonary edema. I always jokingly say cats are illiterate. They never read the textbook. They can do whatever they want. They're such silly little creatures. So we have to look for both in cats. But chest x-rays are going to be the best way in the ER to make that clinical decision. Do you have evidence of congestive heart failure? But Justine and I practice very similarly that we don't want to take a distressed, difficulty breathing patient and stress them more out right away with getting chest x-rays. So that's why I talked about giving them the diuretic, the furosemide, and giving them some time in the oxygen cage to have that stress go down. What are we doing in the interim? Well, there are other tests that we like to consider in the ER as well, aside from the chest x-rays. And blood and urine tests can be helpful because they can allow the clinician, the veterinarian, to determine is there any other disorder in the body to be concerned about. For example, kidney problems, because we can see kidney function impairment with age as well as with heart disease. And while certainly we need to treat the patient with the furosemide, the diuretic medication, it is important to see what other body organ systems are concerning so we can alter or titrate our medications to the best of our ability. So chest x-rays, blood and urine tests, aside from our auscultation, and then some more advanced emergency rooms are using ultrasound in the ER to get a better understanding of the heart muscle, the heart valves, and even the heart blood flow. Now, again, a cardiologist, a true veterinary specialist that looks at the heart is the best person to ultimately examine this patient that could be in congestive heart failure. But in the ER, we like cage side, bedside tools to give us as much information as possible. So you'll see many veterinary ERs now institute the use of ultrasound along with these other tests to get as much information as possible non-invasively in a good time period, and to give the pet family as much information to help them make informed decisions, as well as to help the veterinarian make some informed decisions. Dr. Lee and I discussed the furosemide as one of the mainstay drugs that we typically start with, but again, there are other drugs to consider, ACE inhibitors, and even other medications to help the heart muscle contract a little bit better called pemobendin. So again, all great ways to get a good evaluation of the pet that we could be concerned is in congestive heart failure. 
Now, you bring up a great point, Dr. Pachtinger. I know there was just this huge veterinary study that was done by dozens and dozens of veterinary board-certified cardiologists called the EPIC study. And in this study, it was really interesting. They staged dogs based on the severity of their heart disease. And again, this study only looked at dogs. But what they found was that by using certain medications, like one medication called pimabendin, it can actually increase the overall quality of life and the lifespan of your dog if they have heart disease. So when in doubt, talk to your veterinarian. My general rule is if you have a smaller dog that was diagnosed with a heart murmur, we don't know when they're gonna go into congestive heart failure, but oftentimes the use of heart medications will make the heart beat more efficiently. It'll help pull or prevent fluid from accumulating in the lungs, and it can potentially improve their quality of life. Again, those medications aren't gonna cure the heart disease, but they'll make your dog or potentially your cat breathe much better. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time and just wanted to thank everyone for joining us today. Thanks to Dr. Garrett Pattinger and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.